I'm back. We're going to talk about week three, and then we're going to preview week four. It's win or lose. What's up, everybody? It's Timo. Welcome back to Win or Lose. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, and hit that bell icon to be notified every time I drop a new video. The eight, week three of the NFL season has just wrapped up, and it's off to a good season. Some teams are doing some good things, and some teams are doing some bad things. This video, we're going to talk about the winners and losers of week three. I'm going to start off with the winners. That's the Philadelphia Eagles as a whole. Defense is playing great. Jalen Hurts and the offense is playing amazing. The Eagles had nine sacks against the Commanders. Second, uh, old quarterback Carson Wentz nine times, putting him under duress and pressure all game. They looked really impressive. Or did the Commanders just look that bad? Jalen Hurts looks like a different quarterback. I was one of those guys who wasn't sold on Jalen Hurts. I'm not going to lie to you. I came into this season like, uh, he might be the guy holding him back. There's so much talent around him, but he looks like a different quarterback to me. He was 22 for 35. He threw 340 yards, 340 yards passing and three touchdowns. He looks like an early MVP candidate to me. The Philadelphia Eagles are a big winner for week three. Big losers. I mean, they won the game, but the Bears with Justin Fields. I mean, what are they doing? I mean, you got to draft. When you draft a quarterback that high, you got to put the pieces around them. They don't have no offensive line. I mean, no weapons for him to throw to. Luckily, they were playing the Houston Texans. They were able to sneak out a 23-20 victory, but he was 8 for 17, 106 yards. He's out there running for his life. I feel bad for Jay, for uh, Justin Fields right now because the Bears have put nothing around him, and I don't want to blame him for the lack of success he's having so far. I think the Bears have to do something, put some more you know, weapons around Justin Fields, make him feel comfortable out there on the field, and I think he'll be okay. But right now, it's not looking good at all. Another big winner, the Miami Dolphins. Off to a 3-0 start. Dolphins had plenty of chances to lose this game, but they found a way to win. They found a way to win, and it seems like they can win in different ways. With Baltimore, they had to be in the shootout to pull that game out. This game, it was the defense who stuck in there. You know, didn't play well. Gave up a lot of yards to Buffalo. They gave up a lot of yards. They were almost outgained by 300 yards. You know, their defense was on the field, 90 plays. You know, the offense was only out there for 39. But they found a way to win. And that's what you got to do in this league. It's a week-to-week league. You just got to find ways to win games. Tyreek had a bad game. Tua was hurt, but he came back and kept going. The Dolphins found a way to win. Now, it wasn't pretty, and Buffalo did make a lot of mistakes. And, hell, Miami made a lot of mistakes. You've seen the butt punt, and, you know, they was trying to find a way to give that game to Buffalo. But the defense stuck in there. And it didn't hurt that Buffalo was out there in 90-degree weather. A couple of cramps, a couple of issues. Both teams look exhausted, but you can't blame Miami for that. They found a way to win. I like the way Mike McDaniel got these guys playing. They got a little swagger that they got now, and they think they can play with anybody. That was a good win for the Dolphins. They 3-0. It's good to see them playing good football again. A team that's not doing so well, the Las Vegas Raiders are 0-3. Uh, Josh McDaniels, it seems like the Raiders just find ways to lose games. They're in every game, have a chance to win every game, but it just seems like they find ways to, you know, mess things up and lose the game. But, I mean, that's what it is right now. And is it me or, like, this AFC West might be overrated? Now, going into the season, everybody, oh, my God, this is the best division in football. Oh, my God, the quarterback play. Oh, my God, this is – I have not been impressed right now with the AFC. 
AFC West. I know it's early. I know it's only week three. And then we're trying to get the work the kinks out. There's no preseason. So we're trying to work the kinks out and everybody trying to get, you know, it's still in, not, not quite in midseason form yet. So I give you that. But right now it's a rough start for the Raiders. I mean, Josh McDaniels, is he an NFL quarterback or is he just a coordinator? Those are the questions that need to be asked. Some guys are just good number twos. When it's time to be that number one guy, you know, I mean, they fought. They don't, you know, they don't do that. Maybe he's just a vice president. Maybe he's a number two, a Scottie Pippen. I don't know if Josh McDaniels is quite quarterback. I mean, head coach material yet. We don't know what he is. He's proven that he does. You know, he hasn't accomplished anything without Belichick or Brady. And it's off to a rough start, but it's still early. So we'll see. Another loser this week was the Kansas City Chiefs special teams. I mean, they single-handedly lost that game on Sunday to the Colts. The Chiefs had many a chances to put that game away. And they just, you know, special teams missing a field goal. You had the muff punt to set up a, you know, an indie touchdown. The terrible fake field goal. I don't know what the hell that was. I mean, it just seemed like the coach was in the huddle with them when they called the play. I mean, it just looked crazy and out of control from the get-go. The Chiefs special teams need to get that together. That was a game they gave away. And it might hurt them the longer as you go into the season. You look back and you're like, damn, we ain't playing at home in the playoffs. You might look back on this game. Uh, another loser of the week, the Sunday night game. Another AFC West team, the Denver Broncos and the San Francisco 49ers. Boy, that was like watching paint dry, wasn't it? That was a tough watch. And it's two quarterbacks that have been in Super Bowls, Jimmy Garoppolo and Russell, we- Russell Wilson. But the quarterback play looked terrible. Two teams that, like I said, I'm giving my benefit of the doubt because it is only week three. Garoppolo didn't have a playbook. He didn't know he was going to be in San Francisco. So this is really his first week of really practicing with the number ones. Uh, Russell Wilson has a new quarterback, new offense he's trying to learn. So I'm trying to give these two teams the benefit of the doubt. But, oh, man, maybe they'll be better once we get, like I said, later into the season. But right now, it's a, it's a, it's a tough watch watching the Broncos offensively right now. I'm not going to lie to you. Like I said, Jimmy Garoppolo looked like he was confused. He ran back of the end zone, just no self-awareness, gave up a free two points. That ended up costing the 49ers the game. But this Sunday night game was was a tough watch. It was a tough watch. These are two teams I still think could make, will make the playoffs. But, man, that was ugly Sunday night. Uh, winner, Lamar Jackson. What he doing right now, boy? Yesterday's price is not today's price. Baltimore, I don't know. You're going to have to give up some paper now. I mean, what he's doing right now is just unbelievable. He's, you know, like number four in the league in rushing. He's, you know, another four touchdowns this week. I think single-handedly just just overwhelm New England Patriots and Bill Belichick. You know, it's not often you can overwhelm a Bill Belichick defense, but they had no answers out there for Lamar Jackson. He's just making everybody look good. He's, you know, to me, Mark Andrews is the best tight end in the league right now, and that's mainly because of Lamar Jackson. What he is doing with this offense, you know, he's down to his, his left tackle is out. He, he is the running game. The receivers are average at best. But this Ravens offense looks like one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league. And it's mainly because of him. Baltimore, that price just went up. That paper just went up. You're going to have to play this man. He's playing. He is definitely right now, early in this season, the MVP to me, without a doubt. So it was a couple of more winners and losers. You know, a couple of guys we're not going to talk about. Jameis Winston and Baker Mayfield. That was another game that was just horribly quarterbacked right now. I don't know. The quarterback play is off to a slow start right now. Like I said, none of these guys really play 
preseason anymore. So they're just trying to get the kinks in and get everything right. I think the quarterback play will be better as we get later into the season. Like I said, special teams has been terrible. The kicking game, the special teams have been bad so far. So like I said, I'm going to give everything I'm going to give everything a pass right now. But those are my winners and losers for week three. I'm going to come back and preview week four. Thanks for listening. All right, week three has just ended. I know it's early in the football season. Still early. But I'm going to give you my top 10 teams so far in the NFL. We do it all the time. We make predictions. We make assumptions. I'm going to give you my top 10 teams of the NFL football season so far after week three. Number 10, I got the Dallas Cowboys. I know they had their backup quarterback. And I know they looked terrible that first Sunday night of the season against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But Tampa Bay's defense is making everybody look bad right now. They bounced back a week later against the AFC Championship Bengals team. You know, they got the backup quarterback who came in and did his thing. The defense is leading this team right now. Let's not get it, you know, confused. The defense is leading this team. The pass rush is one of the best in the league. And they're keeping Dallas in games to give them a chance. Now, my thing on offensively, I think Tony Pollard needs to be the guy. I know Zeke is making a lot of money and you don't want to hurt no feelings. He's been good for the organization. But I think Tony Pollard should take the bulk of the carries, run the ball, Keep it at manageable third downs for Cooper Rush until Dak Prescott comes back and let, lean on that defense. I think Dallas is playing good. I think they in the division to stack up some wins. I got them number 10 right now. Number nine, I got the Minnesota Vikings. I think they like this new coach. They like playing for this new coach. Kirk Cousins looks more comfortable with this coach. You know, every little mistake he did, he had to go look over his shoulders. And he's, but he feels like he's more free now. And it's always tough with those division games. They came back and won, they won week one against against Green Bay. I feel like Cousins kind of gave the game away against the Eagles. They were competitive in that game. They just couldn't finish drives and get touchdowns in the red zone. But this is just something about those division games, like I said. It seems like the Lions always play the Vikings tough. You really can't take too much from that game. Those divisional games, like I said, Lions play them tough every year. They found a way to win. That's the thing Minnesota had problems with last year, winning close games. They could have made the playoffs easy last year, but they lost a lot of close games, a lot of down-to-the-wire games. You got to win these type of games to make the playoffs. Vikings did that. I got them at number nine. Number eight, I got the Green Bay Packers. Now, Green Bay, Rodgers got to get more trust with these with these young guys he's still got a lot of young guys out there he's trying to build trust with but for now he's going to have to lean on his veterans Randall Cobb he still has Randall Cobb Aaron Jones and Dillard with the with Dillon with the running game so once he gets that kind of you know taken care of he got Bakhtiari's left tackle back last week so once he starts getting his pieces back and getting comfortable with the young guys I think this team will be a lot better you know, down the stretch in the middle of the season than they are right now. Still working out some kinks, but I think the defense is a top five defense. So they're going to have to keep Green Bay in games right now until the offense finds its identity. Defense is good right now. I think they solid. I think they're good enough to win this first quarter, two quarters of the season for Green Bay and get them through. I got the Packers at eight. Number seven, I got the Los Angeles Rams, the defending champs kind of shaky right now they were blown out in that first week one against the bills kind of struggled with the falcons but they still found a way to win and didn't look too good against the cardinals but like a win is a win you got to find ways to win games 
every week you're going to get every team's best shot. You're the champs now. I think the Rams need to realize that. I think they are realizing we're going to get team's best shots every week. And they guys got to come out and meet everybody else's intensity. You know, it's kind of hard being the champ and kind of getting up every week. You know, you, you, won the, you won the Super Bowl and then you're in week three. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, you got to get motivated for that. You know, you're going to get everybody's best spot. They, you know, have some issues. You know, on the offensive line, you know, the center is out. Stafford still, I think he has an injury that he's not talking about. And for some reason, Cam Akers keeps fumbling the damn ball. So once they get that taken care of, I think the defense played good last week. They, I still think they're going to try to, they're going to find ways to win because of their experience and their championship mentality. But right now, I got them at seven. Number six, I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I still think this is the top team in the in the NFC, just not healthy right now at the receiver position. They have an offensive line issues with injuries. Tom Brady's 45 years old. He doesn't look great right now, but it's still early. And I think once he gets his pieces back, guys he or, he's more comfortable with, you know, I think he'll be okay. You know, you got Chris Godwin. You got Mike Evans missed last week because of suspension. Then you got a veteran like Julio Jones who knows things, you know. It's kind of hard to kind of, you can't really kind of judge him from last, for last week. But I think this is the best defense in the league right now. And that defense is going to keep them in games. They kept them in that game against Aaron Rodgers last week. You know, Tampa Bay had no business being in that game. But the defense kept them around, gave time a chance to try to win it at the end. It just didn't happen. But I think once this team is healthy and everybody's back, they're still a top team in the NFC. I got the Bucks at six. Number five, got the Baltimore Ravens. What Lamar Jackson is doing right now is unbelievable. He's definitely the MVP of this season so far after three games. Baltimore's going to pay that man his money or look crazy. He's carrying this team. They don't have the best weapons in the world. He's, I mean, having left tackles as this guy lost, but he's still out there playing good. Best offense in the league, and that's mainly because of him. He don't have the best pieces around him. You scare him to death. Belichick looked confused last Sunday. He ain't know what to do. What defense scheme? What do I do with this guy? He had no answers. Lamar Jackson single-handedly carrying this Baltimore offense. He got some help from Mark Andrews, but a bunch of, lot, a lot of guys who you never heard of. You don't know who's who. You don't know who's in the lineup. Seems like they got a new injury every week. The thing that scares me about Baltimore is the secondary. I mean, they can't cover nobody. You got people running wide open. They had Mac Jones looking like Dan Marino last week. A couple of weeks ago, they had Tua having his breakout career game. So that's what scares me about Baltimore right now. They got Josh Allen this week. So it looks like Baltimore, it looks like Lamar's going to have to put his cape on again and put up 35 to 40 points. So that might be a shootout because of that secondary. Other than that, I like this Ravens team. Number four, I got the Miami Dolphins. I like what Mike McDaniel has come in. You get an offensive coach for a young quarterback. You see how different Tua look now. You got an offensive guy, got some weapons around him, move the ball around, throw it downfield. This is a different tour than we've seen his first couple of years in the league. My thing with Miami, they can win games different ways. You know, you got to show that you can win. Last week, they won it with defense. The week before, they won it with a shootout in Baltimore. You know, so you got to show that you can win 17-14, 14-10, 41-38. Dolphins have showed they can win in multiple ways. I like what I'm seeing from the Miami Dolphins. I got the Dolphins at four. Number three, I got the Kansas City Chiefs. A little spotty right now on offense. I think last week was the first week where we realized, damn, Tyreek Hill don't play for them no more. Just not explosive. You know, they can just start from the 20 and then get in the end zone. It's not that. You're going to have to methodically work your way downfield. And we have to see, you know, does Mahomes have the patience for that? 
You still got Travis Kelsey. He's just trying to work these new guys in. Juju Smith-Schuster, Valdez Scantland, and, you know, get the running game going on a little bit. You know, get that established the running game a little bit. I think the defense is better than it's, you know, been last year. You know, not having a kicker last week cost them that game. Not having Harrison Bucker, you know, on special teams cost them last week. They missed a field goal, and then they had to fake a field goal because they didn't trust the guy. So I think once they, you know, nip those things in the bud, they'll be okay, but still a top three team in this league. Number two, I got the Buffalo Bills. I thought Buffalo outplayed Miami. They were clearly the better team, but you got to finish. You got to finish, and you got to, you know, the thing with Buffalo is, scares me about Buffalo is, Josh Allen is the running game, so it's like, how do you get when you're in a tough game and you need, you know, to run the clock out? Can Buffalo do that? You know, they need still they still need to work on that running game. And they kind of remind me of the of the Warriors with KD. Like they was just so used to kicking everybody's ass that when they were actually in a close game, it was like they kind of looked confused and half court basketball. That's kind of how it is with Buffalo. Oh man, we in a close game. What do we do? Like they looked confused that last five minutes in that Dolphin game. Had every chance to win that game, and they did take advantage of it. Guys not running out of bounds, and it just looked like a team that's not used to being in close games. And once he had the Bills do in these close games, that's what's going to be the mark of a champion. Can the Bills win the close games? And number one, I got the Philadelphia Eagles. Like the most complete team to me right now. Defense is playing great. Offense is playing great. Jalen Hurts has surprised me. I'm going to tell you right now, I was not a Jalen Hurts fan. I was not sold on Jalen Hurts. I didn't think Jalen Hurts was a starter in this league. Boy, has he proved me wrong. You get the pieces around him. The running game was always there. We always knew he could run, but could he hit the open guy? Was his accuracy okay? What kind of leader he, he was? He's proved me wrong. I know it's only week three, but I've been highly impressed with Jalen Hurts. He is the guy who I was like, if the Eagles going to get to the next level, it's going to be because of Jalen Hurts. And I'm, you know, I like what I'm seeing right now. The Eagles definitely made the right choice moving on from Carson Wentz and going with Jalen Hurts. They got the pieces around them. They got a good running game. One of the best offensive lines in the league. Went out and got A.J. Brown. I think it's all in order for the Eagles to make a push. I got them as my number one team in the NFL after week three. It's still early, but I like the direction they're going in. All right, let's transition over to the NBA for a little bit. NBA storylines has been kind of a crazy offseason. Season starts within the next three weeks. Uh, let's start off with the drama in Brooklyn. Uh, KD requested a trade. He was ready to go. Nothing came Nothing came to fruition. Now he's back. I guess they worked through their issues. They went to have a closed meeting and talked about it and gave him the situation. They probably told him he's going to trade your ass to Utah or something. So he's like, nah, that ain't going to happen. So he decided to come back and and play with the team. I think all this drama started from uh, the Nets not um, re-signing Kyrie Irving to a long-term deal. And I think they had had enough of his nonsense. Uh, I think Kyrie's a great player. They don't agree with some of the situations and the decisions he's made. I mean, the, this is his life. He made those decisions, but they didn't agree with him. He's missed a lot of games. So they're ready to just let him walk. You know, it seemed like Kyrie was kind of like that guy who, like, wants his girl 
you know, wants to end a relationship but wants his girl to be the one to end it. Like, he don't want to be the bad guy. So he does all kind of crazy stuff to get her to, like, cut him off. But when she finally does it, he's like, no, nah, no, okay, let's work it out. Let's work it out. That's what it seems like to me. It seems like he was, you know, did what he wanted. They finally put a foot down. He comes back and opts back in for one more season. I think that upset KD a little bit because he wanted Kyrie for a long-term deal. I think he's the reason that KD came to Brooklyn. And he opted for a trade. He said either fire Steve Nash and GM Sean Marks or I'm out of here. They didn't do that. Here we are. Everybody's coming together back again. I don't know how this is going to work. Everything's confusing to me, but I I don't think Steve Nash is a great coach. I think he has great talent around him. He should be doing more with this talent he has. Had he be a better coach, they wouldn't be underachieving. But I don't think Steve Nash is a great coach. I think Brooklyn does have the team to compete in the East. I like some of the pieces they went out and did this offseason. Ben Simmons is going to finally come in and play this year. And I think they can make some noise in the East in spite of Steve Nash. You know, I don't think Steve Nash will be the reason that puts him over the hump. But he's the coach now. We'll see how it goes. Now that we know KD wants Steve Nash out, how long will that leash be with Steve Nash? If he does underachieve, if they're off to a slow start, will they pull the plug midseason? I know him and the GM are extra tight, but hell, your job might be on the line too. Let's be honest here. Since KD has become a net, they have underachieved. It's going to be interesting to see how the season goes for Brooklyn. Because like I said, I don't think they're on the same page. But sometimes you got to work with people you don't like. We'll see what the common go- to get to the common goal. We'll see if that happens. The Los Angeles Lakers got a new head coach. Darvin Ham, former NBA player. You know, assistant coach with the Bucks. He have a championship with the Bucks, uh, being Mike Budenholzer's assistant. He has a championship as a player. He was on that Pistons team in 04. So I think it's somebody LeBron can respect. It is his first coaching job, so it's like, I don't know how that's going to work, but you got to start somewhere, you know? He's a former player. Ty Lue started off, you know, first time head coach, and you see where he is. LeBron respected him, and they won a title together. So I think Darvin Ham can come in with that same respect. He'll get the same respect from LeBron. LeBron's entering his 20th season. He's just about winning championships now. He's going to be the NBA all-time leading scorer mid-season he just needs a healthy Anthony Davis by his side I still think they should be able to make the playoffs I quite don't know about all the pieces around them I kind of don't know where they're going they tried to trade Russell Westbrook all offseason and just couldn't find nobody who was willing to take them on and how do you feel if you Russell coming back I mean it's obvious this team was trying to trade you I mean you are in the last year of your contract so you're making 47 million of course you ain't gonna opt out of that So he's coming back in, but it's obvious the Lakers don't want him. They're trying to trade him, but if I'm Russ, I would feel kind of awkward, you know? You don't want me, then don't talk to me. But everybody has to put on a smile smile on their face and keep everything cordial. They brought in Patrick Beverly now. Uh, Dennis Schroeder's back. uh, Kendrick Nunn. So they kind of got a lot of point guard, combo guard situation going on, but they all kind of small. I don't know how that situation is going to turn out with the Lakers, but I think they definitely should be a playoff team if healthy. Um, A lot of um, guys coming back from injuries. Uh, Kawhi Leonard will be back. Clippers, to me, the most deep team in the league. If Kawhi can come back and be the Kawhi we know, 
I think they'll be one of the best teams in the league. Well coached, a lot of perimeter defenders. They got a lot of those six, 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 seven, six, eight kind of guys that can you know play on the perimeter defense. They're really a nice constructed team. I like my chances with the Clippers if Kawhi can come back healthy. Uh, Zion Williamson is back. He's lost a lot of weight. He's looking good. Hopefully, he can stay injury free. That's always the thing with Zion: keep his weight down and stay, you know, stay out there on the lineup. I think this Pelicans team, nice young team. It's going to be very scary. C.J. McCollum believes in him. He signed a two-year extension. He's going to be there for that veteran leadership they need, those young guys. They went to the playoffs last year, so they got that experience under their belt. All they just need, you know, just, just more experience. I like this young team with Ingram and Zion leading them. I think they can get in the playoffs make some noise, scare a couple of people just like they scared the Suns in that first round last year. Jamal Murray is back. Denver could be a contender again. If he can come back to being, you know, bubble Jamal Murray before the knee injury, I like my chances. I like where Denver's going. I think they're going to be a solid team this year because it was basically Jokic and a bunch of substitute teachers. Now they got somebody behind them who can give them 20 to 25 a game, you know, who can take the shot, take some pressure off of him. You got Michael Porter Jr. coming back. Hopefully the back injury is going to keep him out. Hopefully he can play a full season. Not all 82, but at least 70, 65 to 70. I think Denver could be a contender in the West. Ben Simmons is coming back. He finally gets to play with, um, he didn't play all last season. He's going to play with Nets. All he needs to do is just control the ball and get them scores. You don't have to score, Ben. Let those guys score. You facilitate, play good defense, you know, eight, nine rebounds a game. I think you can do that. You, I think he's a perfect fit for the Nets who lack defense on the perimeter. You got new faces and uh, new, new old faces in new places. You know, you got Jalen Brunson with the New York Knicks. The Knicks just can't catch a break. Every time they tell us they're getting this big name, we're going to get this guy, this guy, this guy. You know, that was Donovan Mitchell, was Jalen Brunson, which I have nothing against Brunson. I think he's a fine player, but it was not going to be that same excitement that you got with Donovan Mitchell. But Jalen Brunson's in New York. You got Mac, Malcolm Brockton's now in Boston. I think that's what Boston lacked last year. They needed a guy who could get everybody the ball, get them in their spots, get everybody the ball. You had Jalen Brown uh, trying to handle the ball. You had Jason Tatum trying to handle the ball and they were kind of exposed to it you know as much as they turned the ball over in the playoffs last year you kind of see they need a ball handler and somebody a true point guard nothing against Marcus Smart love him as a player but they need a true point guard who can get everybody in their spot and give them the touches where they need I think Bragdon's going to be huge for them Andre Drummond is in Chicago to give them more size and depth I think it's a good good sign for the Bulls you got P.J. Tucker and Montrez Hill going to the Sixers. Caldwell Pope is in Denver to help them with some perimeter defense. You got Rudy Gobert in Minnesota now. I don't know how I feel about that with Carl Anthony Towns already there. I mean, I don't feel like this is 19, you know, 98 where you can have two big guys in the lineup at the same time. Basketball is so has changed so much now. I don't know how the 10 tower thing is going to work, but it's something Minnesota uh, scene because they gave up a lot of draft picks to get Gobert. Colin Sexton is in Utah. He's going to be, I guess, the star today rebuild right now. I think Sexton can score a lot of points, but he's going to do a lot of you losing. Utah is rebuilding. John Wallace with the Clippers. As I mentioned, I like him being there. He's a good defender on the perimeter. Good point guard. To get another ball handler for the Clippers. Great signing. DeJounte Murray in Atlanta. Another score for Trey Young. I like that. Another guy who can give you 20 to 25 with Trey. I like that. I like that signing for the Hawks. 
uh, Donovan Mitchell in Cleveland. I thought he was going to New York, but he ended up in Cleveland, and I like him and Garland together. Even though they're both small, I still feel like they're going to be give these other teams hell, getting to the basket, creating shots for other people. They got the big man defender behind them in Jared Allen. I like Cleveland. They definitely should be a playoff team in the East. It's a lot of good teams, a lot of good players. NBA is just, you know, this is the best it's ever been as far as to me as far as talent wise it's just so many good players you can just go 20 30 off the top of your dome it's just so many good players i'm looking forward to a good season but also with some unfortunate incident off the uh off the floor this offseason you got the phoenix suns owner uh, robert sarver was suspended for a year for racism and misconduct towards women they always talked about this uh situation with Sarver. You had several NBA players from Jamal Crawford to Matt Barnes complaining about how Sarver, you know, was on some bullshit. So the NBA finally suspended him after years of investigation and, you know, hearing everybody talk about this guy. They finally suspended him. And I'm hearing he's going to sell the team now. He's going to sell, you know, the Phoenix Suns. He's going to sell the Phoenix Mercury, the, the WNBA team and get out the league. I mean, he's also going to make $4 billion by selling the team. So I guess, you know, that's your reward for being an asshole. Take your money and leave. Um, uh, Ime Udoka. Tough situation in Boston. And I'm kind of I'm kind of disappointed because I, I rooted for Udoka. You know, he was, he paid his dues. He was an assistant under Greg Popovich for years and years and just paid his dues till he finally got passed over a couple of times but he finally got that opportunity to be a head coach to show what he can do he was groomed got there the first year took him to the nba finals and then he messes it all up over some you know what it's just very unfortunate i don't know what else they're saying there's still a lot to come out who knows how bad this situation is we just know what we've been told so far it was an affair with you know one of the a woman one of the staff members and it's just it's just a mess in boston right now they'll uh have an interim coach joe Mazula. i don't know too much about him he's 34 years old so maybe he can kind of that youthful kind of you know get his you know kind of get tatum and brown to kind of come together he kind of kind of relate with them more he's kind of closer to their age so we'll see how it works i just kind of just kind of you know kind of unfortunate because i want to see boston come back and kind of see udoka come back in his second year and see how he would kind of you know get that you know taste out of his mouth from losing in the finals but it's gonna be a long interesting season i'm looking forward to it those are my nba storylines Let's break down the games this weekend in the NFL. Week four coming up. It starts this Thursday with the Miami Dolphins against the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals coming at one and two. Dolphins three and zero. Oh. Short week. Have to travel. Coming off an emotional win against Buffalo. I don't know if Miami gets up for this game. I think it's going to be a good game, an entertaining game. Both teams have good offense, so this should be an exciting game. I think with the short week, coming off the emotional win against Buffalo, I think Cincinnati will beat Miami. I got the Bengals winning the Thursday night game, 31-24. to 24. Let's go to Sunday. 
It's a 9-30 game, a game in England this week between the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints come in and look bad offensively. They're one and two. I don't know if Jameis Winston will play this week, which I don't think is a bad thing. Minnesota coming off a win against Detroit. They're two and one. I think this should be a good game. It's on a neutral site. Minnesota, to me, plays down to the level of their competition. So if they're playing somebody who's solid, they'll compete. If they're playing somebody who's not so solid, they'll play down to their level and possibly lose. I think Minnesota right now is the better team. I think New Orleans is desperate coming off that terrible game last week against Carolina. I think they'll play better. I think their defense will create some turnovers from Kirk Cousins. And I think the New Orleans Saints will find a way to win this game 23-20. to 20. You got the Cleveland Browns at the Atlanta Falcons. Cleveland's 2-1. and one. Jacoby Brissett is playing okay football. He's playing okay. He's had his ups and he had his downs. But that's what you get when you got to back up. He has the running game with Nick Chubb, who's leading the league in rushing right now. Amari Cooper looks like he's his old self. And you got Atlanta, who's coming in one and two, but has competed every game this year. They, you know, could make an argument that they could be three and oh. That's very surprising. Atlanta's played hard. They've played tough. They get some home cooking against Cleveland. We don't know if Miles Garrett's going to play or not. I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons to win this game. 27 to 20. I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons to beat the Cleveland Browns. You got the Washington Commanders against the Dallas Cowboys, NFC East rivals. This should be an interesting game. You never can tell with these divisional games. You never can. It's always different than the way you might thought it might go. A lot of people think Dallas should win this game, but then Washington might come in and steal it. Dallas still playing with a backup. We don't know. But Washington looked terrible last week. They looked terrible the week before in Detroit. I just don't like what I'm seeing right now from the commanders. They can't protect Carson Wentz, and Dallas does have a good pass rush. I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys to win this game 24-14. You got the Seattle Seahawks and the Detroit Lions. Another exciting team to me is Detroit. Now, they, 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 they always compete. They're not the best team in the world, not by a long shot, but they're going to come out here and compete and play hard. I like what Dan Campbell is building. They're just going to go out there and play hard. Don't have the you know most talent, but I like what I'm seeing from the Lions offensively. DeAndre Swift might be out. They're going against the Seattle Seahawks, who still has Geno Smith. He has his you know moments, but he's still Geno Smith at the end of the day. I like the Lions to win this game. 38 to 21. I think the Lions will destroy the Seattle Seahawks. I think they'll score, and I don't think Seattle will be able to keep up. You got the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts, AFC South. Something's got to give. Tennessee has been terrible defensively so far, and Indianapolis has been terrible offensively. So somebody's unit's going to look good this week, but we don't know. But they both could still look bad, but we don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but I think the coach will win this game 23 to 20. A hard fought game. It seems like these two teams are always playing good last minute down to the wire games. I'm going to take the coach at home 23 to 20. 
You got the Chicago Bears and the New York Giants. Giants coming off the Monday night loss to the Cowboys. Bears getting a second win of the season. Their teams are both two and one. Chicago has looked bad, but they are two and one. But I think they lose this game to the New York Giants this week. I just don't think the Bears have enough offense, even though the Giants aren't the best offensive team in the world either. I just don't think they're going to protect Justin Fields. So I think the Giants will win in a kind of a low-scoring game. I don't see much offense in this game at all. I've got the Giants winning 17-13. to You got Dougie P returning to Philadelphia where he helped the Eagles win a Super Bowl. The Jaguars against the Eagles. Jaguars are better than a lot of teams think. A lot of people think. They, that, that front four is going to be amazing. They're going to get off a- after Jalen Hurts. But the Eagles do have a good offensive line. So that's going to be, to me, that's going to decide the game. You know, Jaguars defensive line against the Eagles offensive line. Can the Eagles run the ball? Can they protect Jalen Hurts when he wants to pass the ball? All in all, I think Philadelphia just has too much offensively for Jacksonville to keep up. I got the Eagles winning this one 31 to 21. Their defense has been good at getting to the quarterback also and creating turnovers. I think they get a couple of interceptions from Lawrence. I like the Eagles 31 to 21. Uh, the New York Jets will be taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Another game where I don't see a lot of scoring. You got the uh, Zach Wilson should be back, so they should be done with Joe Flacco. So Wilson should be back going against Mitchell Trubisky, who should be on his last leg. Get the rookie in there, Tomlin. It's time. You know, Trubisky, you're going to lose the team with uh, that guy. He just, it's just, I don't know what it is about Mitchell Trubisky, but he's not getting the job done right now. But all in all, I think they still have enough to beat the Jets. I'm going to go with the Steelers to win this one 23 to 17. Best game of the week to me, the Buffalo Bills will be going to Baltimore. Both these teams are two and one. I'm expecting a shootout. Buffalo coming off the loss to Miami, so you know they're going to be angry. Baltimore, both of these teams have secondary issues. Bills are down a couple of safeties. Baltimore has some injuries in the secondary also and a bunch of young corners out there. I think Josh Allen will take advantage of that, but Lamar's going to have to put on that Batman cape. He's going to keep it close. But I got Buffalo winning this one, 42-28. to You got the Los Angeles Chargers against the Houston Texans. Chargers 1-2, and two, they need to get it together. Um, they got a lot of injuries also. They just put Joey Bosa on... Um, on IR, and I see they lost their left tackle, Rashawn Slater, for uh, for the year. So uh, it's not looking good right now for the Chargers injury-wise. But they got a break playing the Texans this week, who I think might be one of the worst teams in the league. They just can't score enough, I think, to keep up with the Chargers. I think the Chargers will find a way to win this game. I'm going to say the Chargers will win this game 30-20. to Arizona Cardinals against the... Carolina Panthers, Baker Mayfield has been awful this year. I don't know what they do there because they don't trust Darnold either, so you can't go back to him. So you're kind of stuck here. They won a game last week, guys, more because New Orleans is uh, disarray than them actually being a good team. I think Arizona, who plays better on the road, will find a way to win this game. I got the Cardinals winning this game 24-17. to over the Carolina Panthers. You got the New England Patriots and the Green Bay Packers. New England 1-2, and two, Green Bay 2-1. and one. Packers still struggling offensively. We don't know if Mac Jones is going to play for New England. I think Green Bay will win. I don't think, I don't think they will still have that 
great offensive game that we, you know, hopefully they'll get it together and get it, but I don't think it comes this week. But I still have them winning this game. I got Green Bay winning this game 23 to 10. You got the Denver Broncos and the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders 0-3, the only 0-3 team right now. Texans haven't won a game yet either, but they're 0-2-1, so they at least have a tie. Denver 2-1, but they've looked terrible, kind of bad offensively in the two games they actually won. The defense kind of won both of those games for them. But I think the offense will have to score if they want to win this game because I think the Raiders will score. And I think the Raiders are the more desperate team. So I think the Raiders will find a way to win this game. I got the Raiders winning 27 to 17 over the Denver Broncos. You got the Sunday night game. You got a rematch of Super Bowl 54. You got the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was Super Bowl 55. Well, you know, it was a couple of years ago. Uh, Tampa Bay is just banged up. You know, it's hard to bet against Brady, but when he just doesn't have all his weapons, and we still don't know if Godwin Julio Jones is going to play. Mike Evans is going to be back. Kansas City coming off a loss. So they're going to be a little bit angry. But I think with all the injuries, I just think it might be too much to overcome. So I'm going to take Kansas City to win this game, 27-24. to 24. And the Monday night game, a rematch of the NFC Championship, the Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers just somehow find some way to beat the Rams all the time. I feel like they should have beat them last year in the NFC Championship game, but they gave that game away. Garoppolo made some bad throws and some bad turnovers. And Stafford, you know, he tried he tried to help the 49ers out again. All in all, I think the 49ers will find a way to win this game. They'll muster up enough offense to beat the Rams 30 to 24. Those are my predictions for this week and I'm sticking to them. Boxing politics at its finest. I'm going to talk a little boxing here as we have um I'm getting a little impatient with the Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford. No announcement. I don't know if there's going to be a fight or not, but these are two of the best fighters in the world. This is the biggest fight in boxing. Two American undefeated welterweights. That's the 147-pound division. This fight needs to be made, and this is the problem I have with boxing. It's just too much politics and too much this and that. Let's make the fight. Give the fans what they want. I think both fighters want it. And let's just make this fight happen. Uh, Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford have been on collision course since 2018, since Terrence Crawford first came into the 147 division and won the WBO championship. Earl Spence has three titles. He has the IBF, the WBC, and the WBA. So this is the biggest fight in the division. The biggest fight in boxing is, you know, going to unify all the titles and make an undisputed champion in the division but I don't know like I said it's been issues with making this fight happen for years it was all it was also like different promoters Terrence Crawford fought for top rank that was that's on ESPN Earl Spence fought for PBC which you know fights on Showtime and Fox so that was always the issue they couldn't come together you know to get a fight done 
you know it's crazy you know to, to get the guys from different promotions to fight all the time different promoters fight all the time but all of a sudden the biggest fights is always an issue with that with boxing uh, that's another problem i always have so terence crawford you know just became a free agent after his last fight he fought last year november 20th against sean porter another good welterweight champion he beat sean porter so was, there was no more excuses he was a free agent he was able to sign with whoever he wanted to or whoever make fights with whoever he wanted to so we thinking okay this shouldn't be an issue it was always things that kind of slowed this down earl spence had the unfortunate accident so that might kind of push the timeline back a little bit he was out of the ring for a little bit he had the orbital eye injury so he's been out kind of inactive but he came back in april and he beat Udenis ugas to win the WBA championship. So that made him, he has three titles now in the division. And there's only one left for the 147 division. WBO against Terrence Crawford. I think this fight needs to be made. I'm sick of the boxing politics. Both of these guys have been inactive. You know, Earl Spence hasn't fought since April. But before that, he hadn't fought since December of 2020 when he beat Danny Garcia. Terrence Crawford hasn't fought all year. His last fight was last, like I said, last November 20th against against Sean Porter. So he's been been out almost a year. So it's kind of unfortunate these guys are not fighting, you know. So we're thinking we, there was kind of reports that, hey, they could fight in October. I was here in August, then September, then October. And now I'm here in December. I mean, now I'm here in November. So it's just all over the place. And like I said, it's unfortunate. Uh, you know, I'm sick of this with boxing. These guys should be fighting each other, the best versus the best. And this is the issue I have with boxing all the time, you know. And then I'll be getting this stuff. This is the only sport where we don't get the best fighters versus the best fighters when we want it. Every other sport, NBA Finals, the two best teams going to play each other. The Super Bowl, two best teams going to go at it. World Series, two baseball teams going to go. You know, the best player, you know, the best Serena against the best tennis. You know, we always get the best versus the best, except in boxing, you know. We didn't want Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao in 2015. We wanted it in 2010, you know, even with fake sports, you know, fake stuff. We always, we're wrestling. We knew we was always going to get Hulk Hogan versus Macho Man at WrestleMania. Or Stone Cold versus The Rocket at WrestleMania. We want the best versus the best. Enough of this nonsense. And as you know, the, I mean, the UFC is taking over because they're getting the best versus the best, you know. So they're, you know, their ratings are, you know, blown past boxing. And boxing, is, to me, is kind of resorting to, like, bullshit and nonsense. You know, we're getting Adrian Peterson and Le'Veon Bell and Nick Young is out here fighting and Nate Robinson. It's turning into a joke. It's kind of like, I kind of think of it like like hip-hop now. Like the hip-hop genre and boxing to me are kind of like the same. Where it's like, you don't really have to have a talent. Just do a rhyme cat and hat together. And, and it's kind of like that with boxing. Like, you don't really have to have a talent. Just get in there. And it's just taking the sport as a joke now. And I'm just kind of kind of frustrated with it. I feel like anybody can do it nowadays. And it's kind of making the, you know, the guys who actually give their, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, you know, a bad look. Guys who put their heart and their whole life into it. And we getting this damn clown show on the side. I want this fight made. I think it deserves to be made. I think both of these guys, this would be their Super Bowl, their biggest fight. And it just needs to get done. Enough of the nonsense. Enough of the games. What's going on? Now, there was reports that Earl Spence was going to come back November 19th 
with or without Terrence Crawford. So then we hear a week later, a week or so later, Terrence Crawford has agreed to everything Earl Spence said. I'll, I'll take less. I'll, you know, be the B side. And okay, okay, it's a good, 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 good thing going on here. So I don't know what's going on now. It's just a lot of nonsense. So hopefully we'll get this fight to kind of like bring boxing back to the forefront, show the real talent, not these clown shows we keep seeing with the Jake Pauls and all that crazy stuff. So hopefully it can get done. Hopefully we'll see it. But if you guys are looking for any, there's a lot of guys way more experienced talking about this stuff on YouTube. There's a lot of great boxing minds on YouTube. YouTube is helping boxing out a lot. So if you guys got a chance, go look up some YouTube boxing videos, follow some of the guys out there, get some more knowledge on the boxing sport. But this fight needs to be made and it deserves to be made. And I hope it is made. Thanks for listening.